Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett coming at you. Jesus, coming at you, I am. Oh, my God. I got to thank Allison Dorr over at XM. XM. Serious? Serious XM, I think it is. I was on something called Canada Talks because I'm in Canada and I talk. So I was on Canada Talks and uh, she's, she has a show there called The Breakdown. Miss Allison Dorr, and she had me on talking about me. That's that's got to be my favorite thing to do, right? Just talking about me. Hey, Mark, what are you up to? What are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you wearing? That's an odd question, especially because I was in the room with her, you know? No, it was lovely. I've known Allison, the host of that show, for 15 years, because I met her when I started my comedy career in Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada. Allison is from Ottawa, and she was there doing comedy along with her brother, her brother John Dorr. Some of you may know Mr. John Dorr from television. John Dorr is down in Los Angeles right now, doing the stuff that, uh, you know, we all want to do, getting paid money for doing this shit. He works on American television shows, and that's, guys, of course, that's, oh, and I should tell people, if you're new to the podcast, because I'm getting new listeners, guys, can you believe it? Oh, my God, new listeners. Isn't it about time? We've had a strong base for a while now, all right? We we had, when I started the podcast, I, I put out some, hey, I'm doing a podcast on the social medias. And whatnots. And I got um, some listeners. And those listeners, they have stayed with me. God bless you all. God bless your cotton socks, as they'd say in Newfoundland. But um, I've been promoing the podcast. That's right. Getting out of my comfort zone. Saying out loud to people that I do things. So when I do comedy shows now, I will end the show with uh, a little, you know, rant about, hey, guys, I do a podcast. Come see me after the show, you know. So those of you who are new, thanks to all my promotion, or maybe you just tuned into the radio show today and you're like, let's let's hear this guy's podcast. What's it about? It's about nothing. But in a good in a Seinfeldian way. Oh, that's got to be a term, right? Like, I was about to say I've coined that, but there's no way I've coined that. That has to be a term. Seinfeldian. You know, that's, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using it. But that's it. It's about nothing. I don't have guests. I uh, Allison, who's known me a while, she always thought I was, you know, kind of um, soft-spoken. Because I'm nice in, in person, you know? Little do people know. No, but I'm nice to people, I think. I try to be polite, you know, say please and thank you, stuff like that. If I have a cookie, I say, do you want some of my cookie? I'm a nice fucking guy. So she says, really, you do a lot of yelling on the podcast? That doesn't seem like you. I said, oh, it's like me, Allison. I do all kinds of yelling. It's because the freedom, the freedom I'm afforded in the Prius. Yes, that's also right. You newbies. I record this in my car in the parking garage of my apartment building, which uh, makes me look like a lunatic 
to all the other residents of this building. And you know what? Fuck them. Fuck them in their ear. What do I give a shit? Right? Nah, I shouldn't be swearing so much. People who are listening to the radio show, it's a clean radio show. They're like, let's tune in to hear what the nice boy has to say. And I'm like, fuck him in the ear. Sorry about that. Grandma's listening. And you know what? Let's not stereotype. Grandma's who don't like swearing. Sorry about that. Because let me tell you something. I, I do shows all the time with grandmas in the audience who eat up the dirty shit. That, that sentence sounded terrible. <laughs> Those grandmas eat up that dirty shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be one of the grossest things I've ever said. Um, no, but like some like older people are often the ones who are the biggest fans of the uh, of the dirt. You know, I gotta turn up the the volume here on my headset. Hold on a second, guys, because uh, I feel like I'm not getting anything in here. Oh, there it is. Oh, there's the dosset tones of a nasal newfie leprechaun right there. How are you? So, um, yeah, like, for instance, for instance, I'll get back to the radio thing in a bit. I'm not going to lose my train of thought like usual. I swear to Christ. I'll get back to the radio thing. Um, but the old people, man, sometimes he's fucking old, especially... Right now, with the way of the world where everyone's oversensitive about every little thing. And you know what? You should be sensitive about certain things, right? If you're if you're painting a group of people the wrong way, if you're if you're being dismissive of women, if you're disparaging of cultures, things like that, these people should be taken to task. You should stand up and go, no more, sir. Will you do that shit? But don't be sensitive about things that you've got no business being sensitive about. Like, my dad has one leg, all right? That comes up in my comedy routines. It happens. If you guys want to hear those jokes, they're on my goddamn CD, which you could... And that's, this is not a sales pitch. Guys, you can stream it on the iTunes, the Apple, and the Spotify's, and all that shit. You can stream it. So I'm just telling you, jokes about my dad with one leg, and then... Audience is like, oh, oh, I don't know if we should be laughing at that. What the fuck are you talking about? You can't, you can't not laugh at. You don't get to be sensitive that my dad had cancer. That doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's his favorite joke, so you don't get to groan when I'm talking about it. Sons of bitches, but the old, the old bats, those old. Pieces of shit, those old cronies. These friggin', they will go with you, man. They are down for it. They don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, talk about your deadness one leg. That sounds hilarious. What else you got? Like, I, I, I was in a um, the lovely city of Waterdown. I kept calling it Waterden, I think. Anyway, I was saying it wrong. But I say everything wrong because I'm a Newfoundlander. And um, we don't pronounce things very well. So uh, I can always hide behind that. You know what I mean? And um, somebody corrected me from stage. <laughs> Someone yelled it from the audience. Good-naturedly. We had a great time. We had great shows. I want to thank Brian Hope for setting up those shows. Uh, very funny comedian. Uh, lives in Kingston. And um, he set those shows up. We had two shows in Waterdown. And... Uh, 
I was there with a young fella, Craig Fay, who was a, an engineer who just quit his job. Can you believe that? He was an engineer. Enja fucking near. All right. And he quit. And when I, I let me say, let me tell you something. In my 20s and even in my early 30s, do you know what I would have said to that? I would be like, good for him. That's it, man. Life is short. Pursue your dreams. Do the thing that makes you happy. But now I'm 39 with a child. I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? Why would you quit that job? Now, I, like, I honestly am of two minds about that. You know, yes, it is good for him. Fuck it. Go off. Do what you want to do. Life is short. But now that I'm, you know, I'm getting up there, guys. I'm f- almost 40. My bones are falling apart. You know, I got fucking weird bone diseases and shit. I had to talk about that today in the radio show. I was like saying to Allison, yeah, what's funnier than talking about bone disease? Here we go. But, you know, you got to mention it because it's the I titled my album Bad Bones. So, of course, she's asking questions like, why would you call it bad bones? Are you bad to the bones or do you have bad bones? And she was only kidding around. And then I'm like, yeah, I actually I do. I brought the thing to a screeching halt. No, I didn't. Allison's very uh, good to work with. And um, did I just get some feedback? I don't think so. I think we're good. We're in the clear. Am I getting interference here? Is the CIA listening in? What's happening? I never know. I think it's, I think it's when I get like a text message. It goes beep, 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 beep. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Listen, guys, you don't need, you don't need to be bothered with this. Let's get back to the matter at hand, which is those old fucking bats out in Waterdown. They, um, they were loving the shit, man. We had great shows, two great shows. First show uh, they promoted as family friendly, which was a, a bit of a mistake. Um, and the guy said that he said he wished he hadn't labeled it that because a we we didn't really keep our materials super clean uh, because he told us who cares uh, because there were no kids there. And um, but what he wanted to say was the first show he wanted to tell people that. There wasn't going to be any swearing. It's not going to be uh, overly grotesque. You know, there's not going to be overtly sexual. So um, you guys, are, you're free to, if you like that type of comedy, come to the early show. But when you say family friendly, it actually, that show, the late show was packed. And the early show was only about half full. And that's because the guy's theory was, and he's probably right, that people don't want to come see nicey-nice comedy. So when he said family-friendly, people were like, oh, and they stayed away, and they went to the late show. Little did people realize we pretty much did the same show for both shows. So anyway, that, that's a tip for you people out there organizing comedy shows. You say family-friendly because you think it'll attract more people. It usually attracts less people. There are less nuns going to comedy shows than you might imagine. Less 11-year-old girls wanting to go out on a Friday night to listen to stand-up comedy. I know. Surprising. But the lovely people, it was I think it was the Lions Club organized. Lions Club do a lot of organizing here in Canada. If you're not from Canada, the Lions Club is a, I think they're a, are they, a, they're a, affiliated with uh, the Catholic Church. Are they? I don't know. I shouldn't say that because I have no idea. 
they are a group of people who do a lot of community work and charity work and things like that. So perhaps there's a religious affiliation. I don't know. So uh, I could have looked it up before I started yammering about it. But I don't do that shit. I don't look up anything. Makes the podcast much more exciting. Because you never know what I'm going to say and you never know if it's right. Isn't that the way we should all live our lives? But yeah, the people at Waterdown, they were down. Down for the jokes, man. It was a good time. And I promote the podcast on that. Can you believe it? Out there with the old fogies who probably don't even know how to use a computer, let alone get a podcast. But they took the card anyway. I felt like stopping a few of the old people and going, "Do you re- are you just taking this card? This because I have it uh, like a three by five card, a postcard, promoing the podcast. I'm like, are you just going to take this to b- try to be polite? Because don't, I ha- I don't have an infinite supply of these things. I got to do a whole week of shows in Toronto, and I don't have a lot of cards left. So don't just take it and wipe your ass with it. All right, old lady, you go listen to this podcast. Now, I apologize to all the elderly who did go to Waterdown and um, picked up a card and are now listening. I, I shouldn't stereotype. Lots of you guys, got your, you got your newfangled iPhones and your Samsung Galaxy Notes, and you're sitting there enjoying the technology like the rest of us. And I say thank you. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being cool. Man, oh man, teach the kids, will you? Just to loosen up. Who would have thought in 2018 we'd be asking old people to tell young people to loosen up? That's not how it's supposed to go. It's not. You're, young people are supposed to be like, ah, you're a prude. Let's get wild and crazy. Now it's just all the kids are like, hey, hey, let's put on suits and button up the top button, put on a tie, maybe a bow tie. Hey, who wants a who wants a kale salad and a power smoothie? All right, did you get your elliptical workout in at 6 a.m.? And all that's great. Good for you guys. Be healthy. Stay alive. But it's just odd, right? It's just odd that people are becoming less, I don't know, free, less, uh, less wild. I should say, not free, but less wild. And that, unfortunately, coming with all that is a bit of a, you know, conservative mindset. And I don't mean conservative right-wing mindset. I mean conservative in the safe, you know. Let's, let's all not say anything that could potentially be controversial. Let's not bring up topics that might upset people. Let's not laugh at jokes that are simply just jokes. You know, there's a lot of that. So anyways, back to the radio show. Um, We were talking a little bit about what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to change the world of Canadian comedy. It's a lofty goal. Hashtag lofty goal. Probably not going to do it. I said that to Allison on the air. And she was like, no, no, don't say that. I've done, I'm doing a new thing where I don't think negatively, even though we both were thinking negatively. So we're, we tried to reverse that thought and think positively. It's just a fucking, and maybe it won't be me, right? Maybe it'll be a, a movement that 
I am a part of, right? Where Canadian comedians finally get their due. They they actually become in, like they that they have a life from their comedy instead of doing something else. Most most Canadian comedians are asked, "What's your day job?" And most of them have day jobs. And there and if they don't have day jobs, they're barely getting by. And then then there's the probably the luckiest group, which is the group who do stand up and do fairly well at stand up and also write for television or act on television or produce television. So they still technically have a day job. It's just related to their business, which helps feed into their stand up comedy. But in terms of just stand up, I mean, there's almost no hope of making a good living. And there's also not much hope of getting recognized because it's not all about the money, guys. You know, I'm in this for the right reasons. I'm in it for the chicks. No, of course, I'm married. Although I did meet my wife at um, the comedy club. That's that's how she was in the audience. So there there you go. So there, that's uh, maybe I was in it for the ladies. I don't know. I got one. That's pretty good, right? Um, and then I got a baby. Maybe I was in it for the babies. Who knows? But it wasn't the money. All right? I, uh, I never really thought about the money. I did imagine that, like, vaguely, somewhere down the line, that I'd, you know, I'd have a, a car. And uh, a car, like I say, Newfoundland or Jesus. A car. I'd have a, a place to live, you know, and I and that I wouldn't worry about money because if you're if you're popular in the entertainment industry, you're often not hurting for cash. So I kind of just figured it would be okay, it would be taken care of. But I never, one of the goals wasn't rich. Oh, I can't wait to be rich and I can buy things. I never thought about that. Uh, I only started thinking about money when, well, the last four or five years, you know, as I'm getting older going, what the fuck? Seriously, how, uh, how long do you have to do this before you start getting, uh, some kind of, some kind of life out of it? And the answer is that it's forever if you're in Canada, unless something changes. I'm like, well, if something changes, what if I change it? Hashtag, why not me? By the way, none of these hashtags I actually, uh, write about or contribute to in any way. They're probably real hashtags. I should look them up. But I'm not gonna. I don't know, man. There, there is something a little bit exciting about the prospect of changing it up a little bit. But I was talking to my publicist today because she went with me to the radio thing. And she starts talking about the show that we're going to pitch. And I, I told Allison the type of the show that I want to do, and she was excited about it. Um, and she was saying that, uh, that she would love to see something like that. And she also echoed the thought that Netflix has put out many, many specials and none from Canada. And that's very odd. So something needs to happen. We were considered this great comedic country, right? Something needs to go down. So I'll I'll try. I will give it a shot. Gonna go in to talk to these 
people uh, or the Amazons. And then, and then, uh, but anyway, the publicist, she starts saying that if she's going to be involved as a producer, I don't really get, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say straight up, I don't really get what's going on. I, when I'm talk, I pay her as a publicist, but when we go to pitch shows, she's talking about packaging it and there's a fee for the packaging it unless she's a producer or the or a manager then it's a different story and she's involved in the production so it'll be changed a little bit and i'm like all right just go get me a show i don't know how i don't know what the things are i don't know about the contracts but the thing is i i'm not an idiot i can get a contract before my eyes and hand it to my wife who can then read it and tell me what it says. Not a blithering idiot. And uh, and then my wife can explain all the contract rules and then I will go, ah, I get that. But because my publicist, she keeps everything vague and I don't think on purpose. I think it's just how she lives her life. She She seems quite successful. And I say seems because everything's vague. I don't know what, I don't know what's happening. So she's saying if she gets involved, instead of just packaging my thing, you know, and 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 getting me in the room, if she's involved as as a producer, she's going to want some creative input. And she started talking about, you know, doing things like, uh, you know, uh, maybe it could be a bit of a variety show and maybe we could be doing stand up in weird places and and I'm not comfortable with any of that because that's not what I do. It's not really what I like, but I get what she's saying, you know? Like Maria Banford, uh, the... Oh, look at that. There's the fucking... There's the there's the beep, 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 beep. Happened again, but I didn't get a text message. I don't know what's going on. I really don't know. Guys. What's happening? Am I, am I dying? Is there is a robot taking over? You guys probably can't even hear one fucking bit of disruption, and I just sound like a, an absolute lunatic. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, guys, I switched out the mic cord. I switched it out. We're gonna see what happens. Onwards and upwards, ladies and germs. So. What I was talking about was the publicist. She was saying that she might want the show to go a little bit in a direction that I don't really like the idea of doing, but not because I hate her idea, just because I'm uncomfortable doing things that aren't exactly what I do. And what I do is I stand up in front of crowded rooms and say jokes. And sometimes in front of, on theater stages, in front of a crowd and say jokes. That's pretty much it. All right? And, uh, but I understand things are a bit different. Like uh, Todd Glass, he, he, he just did a stand-up special where he had like a jazz band on stage with him. And then, um, uh, uh, what, what's his name from the James Corden show? Oh, what the fuck is his name? Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts, of course, he did a super weird one where everyone sat in beanbag chairs and it was all surreal and odd and he had sketch performing in the middle of it. And then Maria Bamford, her last two specials, all right? And I love Maria Bamford, one of my favorite comics of, of all time. And um, lovely lady, too. Met her a few times. So nice. We used to have the same manager. Guys, when my life had hope, 
We did. We had the same manager. She still has him as a manager. He's actually a character on her uh, television show, which is so funny to me because I feel like, did she do that just for me? Like, not everybody knows her manager and what he's like, but she based a guy on her manager who does a great job, and it makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, thanks, Maria. You probably remember the two times you met me in 2008. So anyway, Maria's uh, last two stand-up specials, she does one in front of her parents, just does her like regular club set in front of her parents, and then the second one is like an offshoot of that, where she does it in her house in front of three or four people, then she does it on her front lawn in front of a couple of other friends, and she does it in the backyard of another friend's house, shit like that. So it just shows her going from place to place. And so I can understand when my publicist is saying stuff like, and then just right here in this coffee shop, you just stand up and start doing the special. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of in vogue. So I'll go in with this sensible idea of going, hey, there are great stand-ups in Canada. Why don't we let people see the brilliant material of these comedians on a theater stage and everybody can be happy. These comedians become more famous. They make more money. Uh, more Canadians come out to comedy shows. We kind of change the industry that way. And they'll, the, you know, all the network people are going to be like, no, fuck that. Do the one where you stand up in the coffee shop. Do the one, do the one with the crazy sketches and the sketches. And that's probably what they'll do. And you know what? I'm going to fucking do it. All right? I don't give a flying shit. I can understand, you know, people want to hear something that wows them. That's the industry. They're like, wow me. Give me a wow wow. It's just people find it very hard to think inside the box. Honest to Christ. It's like, what do your average everyday person going out to a comedy show, what they want is a good comedian saying good material and they want to be surrounded by a lot of people who are laughing at this really good comedian. So to pitch that though, it doesn't blow any minds. People people go, well, yeah, we've seen that before. Say, yeah, but there's a reason you've seen that before because, because that's a great thing to do. You know, it's like I, when I tune in to watch a hockey game, I'm not like, oh, I want to see Sidney Crosby in his pajamas trying to skate with hot dogs on his feet. I want to see the fucking hockey game because it's a, it's a, it was a well-designed game, and I want to see the best in the world playing that game, and I'll go to a stadium full of other people who also want to get together and watch that game. And that's, that's what, like, stand-up is. It's like it's a well-honed craft that we're supposed to go see as an event. It's the event. And so the only thing missing from Canada in that regard is that people don't know the names. Like I like I know hockey Sidney Crosby. I'll go watch the Pittsburgh Penguins. There's an official league. You know where to go to watch the best of the best. You know what their names are. You know you're going to have a good time. And since we don't have that in Canada for the stand-up comedies, I want to do that. People will be like, hey, let's go to that theater. That's where the really good stand-up comedians are telling their really good jokes. Let's all go support it. You know, I'll create the NHL of, of stand-up comedy. But you guys know what I'm saying. You know what I'm fucking saying. 
But that's what they want. They want wow factor. Give me something. And I like now the the more I try to advertise myself and publicize myself, the more I get it. You want to hear something, myself included, I guess. You want to hear something where you go, oh, that sounds interesting. You know, and when you're just saying, hey, go watch this thing. It's really good. It's stand-up comedy. People are like, well, what's so interesting about that? Yeah, fucking all right. All right. Like this podcast. People keep asking me about the podcast on on these interviews. And, uh, you know, to me, it's funny that I say I don't have any guests and I just yammer on about, like Allison said, so do you pick topics? No. No, I don't pick topics. I don't even know what I'm going to say. I just, I start talking. I, that literally every single time, that's what happens. I will write a note once in a while and I will never get to it because I'm always afraid my phone is interfering with my reception. Like earlier in the podcast, clearly it was the cord. Clearly, because this cord is doing great. I got to throw out this other cord. It was the one I dropped in the snow. Long time listeners of the podcast, you know that when I went to get my pictures done, uh, because I needed new pictures because of this publicist, and she's right. She was right. I needed new pictures. Um, and the other ones, I look too young and full of life. You know, I, you need the new old man, sunken eyes, withered face pictures. You know, where the guy looks like he's been through hard times. In fact, he's only had hard times. We need those photos. <laughs> we need the beaten down comedian photos. Not these ones where he's all smiling with a glint in his eye. So when I was uh, getting those pictures, I uh, dropped the cord into the snow. Because I took the mic out. You know, I thought I'd get some pictures with the microphone. And um, I ruined the cord immediately. I was pretty sure. And uh, didn't throw it out. Kept it in the bag here. Plug it in all the time. And uh, clearly it's a mistake. I won't make that mistake again. He said, lying through his teeth. And speaking of hockey, guys, I said a couple of podcasts ago I was going to talk about this, so I'm going to fucking talk about it right now. Sidney Crosby. He is, uh, for those of you who don't follow hockey, he is the best hockey player in, uh, in a, lot, a long time. He's the best hockey player since probably Mario Lemieux. And uh, he's excellent. And I love him. He's from uh, a clo- he's close... He's from the East Coast of Canada, and I'm from the East Coast of Canada. We're not from the exact same place, but it's decently close. So I'm, I'm extra biased about that, too. I, I admit that fully. But the other day, all right, they, he had a five-day break, you know, because they get a little break these days in hockey. Uh, they get like a week off or some shit. So he had a five-day break, and he was vacationing in Quebec with his girlfriend. And nice to hear he has a girlfriend, you know? He seemed really serious to me, like he didn't have time for love. But it's nice to know that he's opening his heart. And it hasn't affected his game. He's still amazing. So, um, you know, I'm rooting for the kids. By kids, I mean the 30-year-olds. And uh, he's on vacation. And at like 6 in the morning or some shit, he's driving his Jeep with uh, his girlfriend. And they see some kid, and like a 19-year-old, playing hockey on, on a, on a rink. On an ice pond? I don't know what it was. He was he was outside playing hockey. And um, Crosby gets out of his car and uh, just puts on his gear and says, like, can I uh, 
play around. And the guy was like, yeah. And uh, so the guy was a triple A hockey player, which means he's a very good hockey player. He's not in the NHL, but he's very good. And so Crosby says, do you mind if I run some drills with you? So the kid is running drills with Crosby and Crosby's talking about how he, he's having a tough time coming out of the corner with the puck on his backhand. Like that specific. So listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. And first of all, okay, I'll get back to that in a second. But as the kid, it was such a thrill for the kid. And he said he learned so much, but Crosby also asked him all questions about questions about himself. Crosby's girlfriend took photos of the of the whole thing and she sent them to the guy unsolicited, just set, sent him the pictures and said, you know, if you wanted to remember the day or whatever. And the kid took Crosby to his local rink, showed him around, and uh, he said he was just a great guy. And then when a reporter, like, because uh, the kid was trying to tell all his friends that uh, he was playing hockey with the most famous hockey player in the world, and uh, none of his friends believed him until the pictures showed up on his phone. And then he shows his friends going, see, you bunch of fuckers. I, I, I was telling the truth. And, um, but because of that, one of, the, one of his friends told the reporter. So a reporter, of course, contacted him for that juicy story. And uh, the kid didn't accept the story right away. He phones, uh, or he wrote uh, Crosby's girlfriend back from the email. And he was like, hey, uh, is it okay if I talk to them about the, um, the interaction? And then uh, they said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So he fucking asked this kid. This kid's a champ. Didn't even, he wasn't the one who even called the reporter. The, and then when the reporter called, he calls Crosby and be like, hey, is it okay? And then, uh, and then he kept all of the details, all of the personal details private. The kid didn't let that fucking reporter know shit all. Man, great, great story of young, of awesome young people all around. And so anyway, Crosby, he's working on this drill. Listen to that. Like, he has a five-day break. He's already the best hockey player in the world. He's on vacation with his girlfriend, and he's using an opportunity, some downtime, to work on something that he thinks is a shortcoming of his. That is a fucking chip. That's how you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's... I mean, it's not so simple that all you have to do is work hard and it'll be fine. You know, I could probably work as hard as I want at hockey. I was not going to be in the NHL, most likely. I don't want to, you know what, guys, I was okay. I was pretty good at hockey. All right. Who knows? Who knows if I, see, I really, I can't, I just can't let the notion go that if you work hard enough, you can accomplish pretty much anything. Because it's, I don't know, maybe you can but anyway, of course, there are, there's limits, right? Like, I am, I'm 5'10", and now with the osteoporosis, I think I'm 5'9", shrinking. So I was not going to be, uh, basketball wasn't probably in the wheelhouse, you know? There are some basketball players my height in history, but uh, they've been exceptional. So I was probably, you, you have a genetic predisposition to certain things. I get that. You know, so just if you work as hard as Crosby, they're at hockey, you, you're probably not going to be as good as Sidney Crosby. There are all kinds of luck and genetic factors that play into it besides the hard work. But think about that. 
Like, since he has all the other stuff that lined up, the stars aligned to give Sidney Crosby the chance to become one of the greats. But what he does with that is he fucking just makes good on that shit. To the point where he's 30 years old, he's already accomplished every single thing you could accomplish in hockey. He's won everything. Every championship, every everything. He's already in the Hall of Fame. And at 30 years old, he's like, I need to work on my backhand coming out of the corner with the puck. Like, holy shit, right? It gave me more. It gave me more uh, impetus to do more shit. And I'm already, with the baby, you know, I'm getting my shit together. I've been recording this podcast for over a year. Can you believe it? Happy anniversary to me and to the listeners. Happy anniversary, guys. We did it. We have done a year. I also put out my uh, my CD in December. Something that was, I don't know what, seven, eight years in the making. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. You know, a lot of self-doubt, guys. A lot of doubt. And, um, you know... And just just when I'm at the crossroads, because that's where I am, let's let's not uh, make two bones about it. I uh, I'm at a crossroads. I'm gonna be forty. It's midlife crisis time. Let's go. Put up or shut up, man. So either dropping dropping this shit and going off and I don't know what, becoming a psychologist. I don't know something. I have a psych degree. I also have a business degree. I haven't used either of them, but I have them. I could go back to school as a mature student, probably do a year course, two years course. All of a sudden be making 50 times the amount of money I make now as a stand-up comic. So, I mean, that's something I can do. Or I can put in a fucking Sidney Crosby effort, man, and get this shit moving. With the creative, I do, I do... I do envy the sports people a little bit, you know. They, um, because it's a physical thing, you know, you get up, you do. It's it's a very uh, nuts and bolts way to get better at things. When it's creative, it's like, ah, I better put my nose to the grindstone. Oh, wake up at 8 a.m., give me that coffee. All right, what's funny about poo? Here we go. Like, it's, you know. Being creative, uh, you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your, your, your non-creative moods. You're going to be, sometimes you're going to be sleepy. You know, you know, it's just sometimes you're going to be bored with it or you're going to hate yourself. You're going to doubt yourself. Something bad's going to happen. You're going to have a personal tragedy. You know, when these things are really difficult in a creative space, especially when your creative space is trying to make people laugh. You know? So... There is that. Yeah, I'm not going to say that you're able to put in that type of Crosby effort. It's going to be different. But also, you know, to be fair, Sidney Crosby is going to retire probably by the time he's 36, 37. You know, that's it. I if I'm if I played in the NHL, I'd already be done. I'd be done for years. So your life is really all about that short period of time. You know. So for me. At least with the creative space of stand-up, you can do it longer into your life than, say, sports, right? 
So there is that. Anyway, the point is, you got to find a way to work really hard in whatever field you're in, you know? And working hard in stand-up is different than working hard in hockey. And you also got to be smart. You can't just work hard like now say, if I went on the road for 350 days of this year, that's working hard. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I don't think that's working smart. A, it ruins your life, all right? You're still not going to make a ton of money, even if you're on the road every single day of the year. Uh, It's just not a ton of money in stand-up on the road gigs. So you're not going to make a ton of money. No one's really going to know who you are because you'll just do a club date. People will forget about you in two seconds. And um, then you move on to the next club. Same shit over and over again. Your your wife will leave you. Your your child will hate you. So, but Crosby, trying to work on the backhand coming out of the corner with the puck. Specific. You know? This thing will pay dividends. That's why, like, go pitch the show. Try to change, change the game. Get, get people to know who you are. And then do the, do the theater shows. You know, travel less, but do more. So you got to work hard and you got to work smart. I'm not good at either of those things. Not good at working hard, not good at being smart. But this is what you got to do. We've got to, got to get our shit together. And you got to stop the doubt, man. Fuck. I keep saying, so uh, at the Water Down show, I was there with young uh, Craig Fay, the former engineer who's now full-time comedian. Uh, Godspeed, my friend. Godspeed. He, somebody was there to watch him. So she had, uh, she had seen him, uh, saw, saw, she had saw a, uh, a YouTube video. She saw a YouTube video uh, of Craig, and she really liked one of his bits. And so she was like, I, I wonder, is there any chance I can get to see him? And uh, then she checks his schedule, and he's in Waterdown, which is a small town, like uh, an hour outside of Toronto. And uh, she lives there. And he was doing a gig there, like this series of coincidences to get this lady to go see Craig. That's crazy. So we were all laughing about how how insane that was. And she loved Craig's show. And then they do a little intermission because Craig was the middle act. So the, Brian was the host. Craig does the, the middle. And then they take a 10-minute break so everyone can buy beer. Because that's, that's what makes the world go around, guys, selling beer. Don't ever think it doesn't. We're all just selling beer. That's what comedy's selling beer. And um, it was going well. Everybody's buying the beer. And uh, so I'm figuring this lady's not even going to stick around to see me because she saw Craig. And fair enough, she's probably busy. And uh, then I noticed her in the crowd during my set. So she stayed. And uh, she doesn't seem to be enjoying it. And uh, so I can't stop looking at her. You know, do you know, like... I talk to other comedians about this. When somebody doesn't like you, boy, oh boy, can you just not stop staring at their face. You're like, oh yeah? Are you going to laugh now? Are you going to fucking... Argh? And so I'm telling Craig after the show. Because the show went great. As I told you, went great. But I said to him, I don't think the lady who came to see you likes me very much. That's bullshit. So, uh, and then she walks up and she was like, oh my God, Mark, that was so great. I was, I, uh, 
so glad I got a chance to see you. And and I and then she left, and then I said to Craig, see, just uh, don't jump to conclusions, Craig. That's what I always say. And he laughed, but he said, yeah, man. He says, you know, why, why were you thinking that? And I said that. He goes, it was clearly all in your head. I'm like, it's always in my head, Craig. It's always me. And even if it's not, it doesn't do you any favors. Why sit down and think those things? Today, I think the radio, one of the reasons the radio interview went uh, quite well is that I, I carried that in my head. I, I thought to myself, fuck it. I am, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to go in and go, oh, I hope I, I do a good job. I, I'm always just hoping I do a good job. And then no matter what the result is, I think to myself, was that any good? Did you like it? Was it okay? You know what I mean? Unless people, unless people are losing their shit, it's a standing ovation, you know? Then I fucking, um, I doubt myself. But guys, we're Crosby. We're coming out of the corner. We're going to get this shit going. Speaking of, speaking of standing ovations and getting shit going, I will be performing all week at the Absolute Comedy in Toronto. I'll be there. It's a special Valentine's Day show. Guys, show up with your loved one. Spend Valentine's with me, who will be on stage, not spending it with his own wife. But, I mean, what are you going to do, right? You got to work, right? I fucking, Valentine's Day to me is not a big thing anyway, but I'm going to have to do something. I gotta get her flowers or some shit, you know, but to j- acknowledge it. But we have an 18 month old baby. We don't got time to going out spending $200 on dinner at a restaurant that should cost you 40 bucks. You know what I mean? So, that being said, go to the comedy club because it's not that expensive and you get to have a nice night out. You get to watch a comedy show, right? I don't know. Might already be sold out. What do I know? But still, doing the Valentine's week. Uh, going right from Tuesday right till Sunday at uh, Young and Eglinton, absolutecomedy.ca. If you live in and around the Toronto area, come out, say hi, say you listen to the podcast. If you do, I will be very happy. I'll buy you a beer or whatever drink of your choice, you know, because I like my podcast listeners and I'll treat you guys and girls right. And um, you can maybe go to Sirius XM, Canada Talks, and uh, Channel 167, I think it is. And you can uh, listen to my thing. I was on for an hour today. Just fucking being adorable. Adorable and charming. Did forget. I did forget the promo, the shows for the week, which was one of my primary reasons for being there. Guys, I didn't say I was perfect. Okay? I didn't say... Just because I'm going to put in the Crosby effort that it's going to go smoothly. Nobody said that shit. So thanks again for listening. This is Mark Joseph Bennett signing off. I'll talk to you again soon. I said shut up. Good night.